All right, all right, all right. And welcome to the Mama's Den. Welcome back, y'all. Hey, Cody here. Melanie. Your girl, Faye. <laughs> Ashley, we miss you. Yes, Ashley is out working and we miss her. We do like, miss her. Come on back so we can just like move into your house together. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have some special guests today. Jamila Mapp and Erica Dickerson. Our, our besties, single mamas, the creators of Good Moms, Bad Choices podcast. And now we can call them published authors. Hey, y'all. <laughs> okay, so in their new book, Good Mom's Guide to Making Bad Choices, they bring all the things we love about the podcast to the stories of their own journeys as mothers, offering women insight, offering women and mamas insight on the tools that they can use to recognize their own past trauma, find way to healing, and break free from unrealistic expectations of what it means to be a good parent. So let's all welcome the ladies to the Mama's Den. Yay! Hi, ladies. We don't Thank break the mic. <laughs> I would just like to acknowledge that it is water sign strong in here today. Absolutely. Oh. I couldn't wait to say oh, yeah. that when it this is. started. Scorpio, Cancers, all up in the building. We in here. We might fight and cry. We, Cody, are you, oh, are you a cancer? Or are you I'm a Scorpio. She's Scorpio, Scorpio girl. Oh, wow. I was going to tell you that when we started oh. recording. <laughs> There's a lot of water up in here. Yeah, up in here. a lot of water up in here. What I'm about very you guys? excited. Scorpio. Both of you? Cancer. Oh, yeah. oh this is why the dynamic nice. duo, me okay. and okay. cancer. So <laughs> we know what that is. Um, I'm very excited to have you guys here today. Yay. Like so excited. And I was telling Erica um, the other day we did a speaking engagement together. And I don't know, Mila, I don't know if you remember this. We were sitting at the table. This was, so I've been on the podcast two times. We were sitting at the table at Erica's house when that was your like in-home studio. And it was off air. We we were having a conversation and, you know, there was a conversation around like acceptance, acceptance for what you guys are talking about because you guys are good moms and you are owning these quote unquote bad choices. And I remember Erica specifically being like, you know, that your mom was having an issue with you having this podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, I just remember looking at you guys and I was like, you guys have something so special. Like, this is going to be so dope. Keep going. And that was the very first episode that we recorded. And then so to fast forward years later, when I did the second episode and we were at the beauty blender headquarters where the studio upgraded and the first thing erica says was like bitch we got a big deal i'm like (laughs) yes and so it just i'm literally have i'm like shaking because i'm like it's so beautiful to see what you guys have created and how you do it unapologetically and i feel like being your guys' friends, but then also seeing the community from like a different side, it's so fucking liberating, you know, to be in a space of other moms that like to have fun that don't fit the like mom standard. Like a lot of people have this idea that as soon as you become a mom, you like, you know, you got to shape up and you got to stand up straight and you can't fuck up. But it's like, no, I actually think that we need to let loose a little bit more. So with all of that being said, I'm just so thankful for you guys and and the way that you guys show up in the motherhood space you guys are that girl with the s yeah you're so welcome wait so how long have you been recording five years yeah we started the podcast in 2018 um and we haven't taken a break ever since (laughs) we have every single week every wednesday we'd be dropping the episodes Mm -hmm. and so it has been 
our therapy, really. And yeah. our audience has really gotten to know us over the podcast because me and Mila didn't weren't really friends when we started the show. Yeah, yeah. So, Tell me more about that. How did y'all meet? <laughs> Which is amazing because the dynamic is yes. like, oh, you guys have been best friends for a long time. Right. Yeah. Well, we have now, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think that's why I think our audience really like right like they 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 fuck with us because they're like we've literally seen the friendship grow. Yeah. yeah. Um well, how did we meet? <laughs> well, dear. <laughs> At a club in Hollywood. Like I read the notes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we read chapter one, okay? <laughs> Well, even before that, you know, I had I was pregnant and I was the first of my my friends to have um, to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. I had no not one friend with a child. So I was like the How guinea old pig. Are you? 27. Okay. I'm 20. I was person. 26 when I got pregnant. I had my daughter at 27. <laughs> um, and, you know, I was I had I would I had some like previous to to having Irie like I was I was I would go out with my girls mm-hmm. we plan trips mm-hmm. I smoke weed I would party I you know living my free life no responsibilities <laughs> you know trying to be an actress trying to figure it out when I got pregnant I was like oh my god I gotta figure it out mm-hmm. <laughs> and oh my god I can't do I can't do some of these things anymore right like this this is not acceptable mm-hmm. and. Um, so I remember I was around like seven months pregnant and I was on Instagram and my friend had posted a picture of Jamila and she was at the Roosevelt Hotel at a pool party with her newborn baby on her hip. <laughs> Sounds like Jamila. <laughs> um, there's, we actually have a picture of this um, yes. with a, we'll with, take it. With we'll a glass it. of, I think, like champagne in like, like a tiny little big bathing suit, yeah. abs popping. And I was like. I had gained 70 pounds in my pregnancy. I was like kind of miserable at this point. Me and my partner uh, was shaky. And I was like, who the fuck is this bitch? <laughs> I was like, I hate, I was hating. Right, I was like, right, right. I was hating. She's at the Roosevelt with her baby. And then I was also like, with her abs. Yeah. With her How abs. dare her? Like you can't even, I just don't even have an ab. Everyone thought I was having twins. Um, but I also was like, who is this mommy friend that my friend knows? Yeah. Like, where has she been hiding this person? Oh, yeah. So then like a few months later, my I actually, I had my daughter and my friend posted her again. And at this point I was desperate. I was like, where is this mom friend of mine? Cause I had none. <laughs> and she was like, oh, that's Jamila. Actually, we're going out tonight. You should come meet us, meet up with us. The I think baby's my, coming. <laughs> my daughter was like, I think three months at the time. And so this was like my first outing. I dropped my daughter off at my mom's. My mom was very much like, where are you going? I pumped in the car in front of the club slash bar and went in and I was like, I'm, I got two hours like before my mom starts tripping. <laughs> so I went in like with, with a mission, which is, I always say like, this was so unlike me. And that's how I know, like this was divine mm-hmm. because I'm not the type of bitch that it's going to go make a go friend, to, go to a bar to <laughs> seek out a the girl friendship. I found on Instagram to make her my friend. <laughs> make, right. her my friend. <laughs> make her my friend. We going to be friends. Funny enough, I am, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> um, convincing and making people do shit. Yes. That's my vibe. But, <laughs> Um, but I, so I went and I, you know, I looked around and couldn't find her when I went to the bathroom and there she was, I think she was like in the mirror touching her makeup up. And I was just like, Hey, I, hi. <laughs> like an episode, like a, like, a, okay. Show, like a day. Day. Show like loading. This is great. I was like, so yeah. are you Jamila? Right. And she was like, yeah. And thankfully Jamila's like super friendly. And I was like, Hey, I think we have mutual friends. I heard you have a baby. And she was like, I do. And I was like, we should get the girls together this week. And she was like, okay, take my number. So, you know, she took my number and, you know, Mila had a similar situation. She had also seen me on Instagram and made a lot of assumptions about my life. I had gotten proposed to at my baby shower. Um, 
I got a big ass ring, um, even though we were living in a two bedroom, one bath in Van Nuys. And like, you know, we weren't living this big life, like lifestyle, but my, my baby daddy is a rapper. So, you know, he has to, you know, perpetuate the image. (laughs) So for her, she saw me and was like, oh, she's rich and she's marrying an African prince. <laughs> that that was the assumption. Because we were all wearing white at my baby shower. He did kind of look like a prince at that point. <laughs> she was wearing like some kind of headpiece, and you know. And I was, I, we were both young. I was twenty six, and when I saw that, I was just like, "I'm doing it wrong. I'm not engaged. Aww. I'm broke." Oh, yeah. And she's engaged, and she's rich <laughs> <laughs> to a prince. To a prince. <laughs> what the fuck am I doing? And I was jealous. And then we did have a mutual friend. So I asked my other friends about her. Like, who's this? And my other friend was like, she's 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 beautiful. She's an actress. And I was like, so she's a beautiful actress. <laughs> I wish y'all could see. Hopefully you so will. Funny. She said act, the way she said actress. She did. And she's getting engaged with a fat ring. And I'm not. So I was like, yeah, perfect. This mm-hmm. My life is definitely living out the way I thought, aka not. And so when she approached me in the bathroom that day, I, I was actually at the club with my baby daddy and um, I was miserable. I like distinctly remember this night and I remember him like talking and I was like, I wish he would shut the fuck up. <laughs> he was like talking to other people, but it was like something like, I don't know. It was like about black people, but he was saying stuff that was so ignorant and I was so embarrassed. And I just remember just like sinking into myself and I was already like kind of feeling lost and like not feeling myself. I had just had a baby at the club trying to still keep up. And so when Erica like approached me in the bathroom, I was like, there's that famous actress. <laughs> With, the With the prince fiance. And I remember leaving the club that day like, that girl Erica wants to hang out with me <laughs> telling my baby daddy and like I think it was like a Saturday and like on Monday we got together and yeah. like I, we only had, we were sharing like one fucked up car and he left me and I was like I don't give a fuck I'm taking an Uber I Ubered with my newborn no car seat I just got in the back seat I was like it's okay we're not going that far <laughs> right just keep quiet driving. keep driving I was like if we were in if we were in New York you would be fine so it's <laughs> true they dropped my ass off and like me and Erica we did not know each other and it was so awkward and like how's motherhood and she's like great I'm like same I'm so happy she's like me too we were not we were miserable and, you know, we called it a play date, but like the kids were like eight months old. They could barely hold their heads up. So it's just like, you guys play. And they're like, just lay on the floor. <laughs> it, was, it was like they couldn't talk. They didn't know what the fuck was going on. It was an adult play date yeah. because we, we desperately needed someone who could relate to what we were going through, yeah. even though we weren't even honest, to be honest, about what we were going through. But, you know, like that was like the very beginning. And I think I was breastfeeding in the pool because I breastfed for like 100 years because that's what I did. She was. And I was looking at her again like this bitch. Like I, at that point, my milk had already dried up. I'd yeah. already given up on breastfeeding yeah. and felt ashamed that I had. Right. And here she was just like, bloop. And I was <laughs> like, I was like, so everything's great, huh? <laughs> So your milk just pumps like that? Just comes out like that? Oh, okay. Yeah, let me go heat up the formula in the microwave. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? We didn't, it it was a weird play day and we didn't really hang out. I think we hung out like one other time and I remember feeling like nervous, like I don't know this person and we didn't hang out for a long time and we didn't see each other. We didn't keep up because it's really awkward and difficult to keep up with adult friendships. You feel like you're a nuisance to someone else. It's not like high school where you're like, you see each other every day and like, bitch, you are going to be my friend. Um, So I think somewhere in that period, I found out I was already going through my own shit. My baby daddy is my high school sweetheart. So I've known him for a million years, but it just, you know, you grow and I was 26. And so 
I was starting to make the process of acknowledging like this wasn't going to work. Mm-hmm. And it was a hard process. But meanwhile, through the grapevine, I had heard that Erica had this epic breakup. And not because she told me, because my other friends had told me. And I was like, oh, really? And I wasn't like happy, but I was kind of happy because I was like, my one mom friend is also now a single mom. <laughs> so now we really have some shit to talk about. I was already really experiencing like the shame of about to be a single, mm. a single black mom, you know? And I was like, <laughs> I was just thinking of like Holly Berry and losing Isaiah. <laughs> Cause like, that's every movie you say. And they're like, <laughs> you know that movie. Yes, we know, yeah. that. Exactly. <laughs> we know that movie. It scarred me for life. Cause I was like, I'm not going to be this bitch. But like self-imposed shame or you felt other people. It was self-imposed, but I think it was self-imposed because there is a stereotype yeah, that if absolutely. you're a single black woman, then somehow you mm-hmm. failed yeah. and it's your fall and that you're going to struggle. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I very, much was feeling the, you know, the, the shadows of that, like being my, my existence and that, you know, I wasn't going to be able to find another relationship or like live happily ever after. Like I saw, I had imagined. Mm -hmm. So when I heard that, you know, I was like about to have a birthday party for Luna. And I was like, invite that bitch so I can hear, so I can get the tea and also we can rekindle our love. (laughs) (laughs) And so she's right. I did have an epic breakup, which I talk about in the book. And I went to her birthday party. And during that epic breakup time, at some point I started dating. So my friends told me to get on Tinder. And I had been in my relationship for seven years. So Tinder seemed like a foreign place to me. I was like, people are exposing themselves on apps and Mm -hmm. they're like, we're dating on apps? Like, oh, I don't know. But my friend was like, you need to get on there. And I was like, all right. So I went on and, you know, I started having some fun. I started meeting people. I started getting the validation that I never really was getting in my relationship. Um, And it was like a really great jump off point for me. That's exactly what I really needed at that time. I also started exploring my sexuality. And so I happened to swipe upon a married couple. And I was like, I didn't even mean to, but it just kind of happened this way. And I was like, and they were beautiful and they lived a few blocks from me and they had a, they had a son. And I was like, okay, let's see what this does. Let's see what it do here. And so I, you know, I was having these experiences with them that were really exciting, but I, there was also kind of the shame around it because I was literally like, having threesome and then going home and tucking my daughter in at night. And I was like, wow, that was so much fun. But also this is so crazy. Like I don't have, and I don't have anyone to tell this to my friends who don't have kids are totally going to judge me. Mm -hmm. Definitely not going to tell my parents like, Hey mom, guess what? Um, But I knew I was like, okay, well, Jamila invited me to her birthday. I was like, oh my God, finally, my lit, my littest mommy friend, my only mommy friend. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to tell her. I can't wait to tell her um, about what's happening. And also during that time, I started listening to podcasts, mostly murder mystery shows. Mm -hmm. But then I started to explore like single motherhood podcasts and there were literally none. Mm -hmm. Definitely no black ones Mm -hmm. because I think there was like a shame around even acknowledging it and talking about it. And so I was like, huh, that's interesting. I was like, I wonder if maybe Jamila would want to start one with me. And I was like, again, don't know where this thought came from. Never thought I'd be a podcaster. You know, this wasn't thinking of starting a business. But I just happened. To, I went to her birthday party. I told her about, you know, my married couple. And she was like, oh, okay. And I think that really gave her permission to, like, show up as herself, too, and be like, oh, you do, you do. I you, do some, you do some crazy shit on the weekend too? <laughs> I immediately liked her more. I was like, oh, this bitch is a little spicy. And I think that's too what we talk about is that like, <laughs> I think we say ho shit brings the hoes together. But let's just like honesty brings, like yeah. when you just yeah, have 100%. just baseline <laughs> honesty with someone, it allows someone else to be honest with you. Yeah. And then at that party, I also asked her to start a podcast. And she, would, she of course, Jamila, the friendliest bitch in the room, said, 
oh, what's a podcast? Like a radio show? I said, sure. Yep. And, and I said, are you going to tell the story about your couple? And she said, yeah, I guess. I can't get fired. And I said, perfect. Then I can do it because I only know how to be honest. Mm-hmm. And side note, I don't know if you know this, Felicia. She initially was going to ask you. Oh. Because <laughs> 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 you had your cool ass mom thing. And, and luckily she didn't. <laughs> Luckily, you're correct. <laughs> Luckily. Think, think and here, here we are. Here we are. Yeah, here we all are. Yeah. On a podcast. Uh, but yeah, when she told me that, I was like, oh, I kind of like this bitch more than I thought, you know? And like, not only were we kind of going through parallels, but different things. Mm-hmm. And we had kids, you know, the only people with kids. But I, I immediately felt closer to her and I immediately felt safe. Yeah. And that I could, you know, explore and talk to her. And like, honestly, I said yes. And then like the following week, we're like, okay, well, we need to think of a name and we need to have a photo shoot because bitches love photo shoots. <laughs> and I was like, it should be old timey. <laughs> it should be old timey because it would be like a contrast between like traditional but not traditional. And then we did it. And then we literally like never talked before deeply. And then we're like, let's just do a practice run. And the practice run is our first episode and it's like we really don't know each other we have like a like a little we did a, like a a trial in the car and I was like I'm Mila and she's like I thought your name was Jamila and I was like <laughs> it's the same thing bitch and she's like oh like we really did not know each other yeah. and we kind of started to get to know each other on the mic and I don't know something really powerful happened I think because we thought nobody was listening that we were just like blah 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 and then I had a threesome and then I did this and then, and then you know I think like three months in I was like, let's check these numbers. And I was like, I called her and I was like, it says 10,000 people have listened. And she was like, there's no way. I was like, I swear to God. I was like, I don't know 10,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, me either. I was like, whoa. And I, and I think, you know, we got DMs and people like, oh my God, you smoke weed? Me too. Oh my God, I felt like yeah. I was the only mom. I thought, I thought, you know, and it really, it it helped us be more confident and it helped us like just say fuck it and be honest mm-hmm. and, and continue on five years straight. (laughs) I feel like that's the part I love the most. I remember when I shared that I was going to be, I always say co-parenting mama. You guys know how I feel about this. And because the kid's father is like very active. And I remember, I think it was, no, it was, was I, I don't know if I was in front of both of you guys, but both of you guys were like, bitch, it's so liberating. I'm like, are you sure? Because I was leaning into this, like how you're saying society just has this idea of like, you're a single mom, you failed, you're black. You know what I mean? Like this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I did carry that for a long time. But the more and more that I kept looking at you guys, I was like, no, bitch, you got this. You get to drop that kid off and you get to go have a a weekend by yourself. Felicia, what was liberating for you? Like the language co-parenting versus something versus just saying single mom? So seeing them thrive, Uh and being single moms Uh being single moms in the spaces that they're in Mm -hmm. as creatives just and and being so vulnerable and honest and being in relationships and situations post having the father of their children I feel like that was the part that I felt seen because it's not really like not saying that it's not normal but there's such this like negative ass stigma around it you know and so now when I'm around my married friends, they're like, how do you do it? I'm like, bitch, I'm a co-parent. Like, <laughs> I remember you know? that conversation. I yeah. think I even told you, I said, you just have a schedule yeah. and then you actually have time to yourself. Yeah. No offense to the married people, but y'all don't like y'all, your husband live in the house. So yeah. the, the, like there's, you there's can't no really, escape. there's no there's escape. escape. No, <laughs> to be clear, we're not offended. Yeah. Yeah. No. We actually had this conversation, what, like a month ago, we were, we were talking about like some of the pros of not having to have somebody in your face making decisions at the same, you know, you, yeah. you still have to collaborate on certain things and like make decisions together, right? As co-parenting parents. But like, 
you know, there's times where I just want to do me and I don't want him to yeah. tell me to do it his way mm-hmm. or whatever. So yeah. there's, there's pros. I respect that. No, there's, yeah. I mean, and, and let's be clear. Like I'm, I, do I want to be a single mom forever? No. Do I want to be married? Absolutely. Like all I know is that I, I had to look at the bright side. What is the bright side right. in this situation? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that was the bright side for me. Yeah. It was like, I, okay, I now have this unexpected opportunity to really tap into myself mm-hmm. away from my child, knowing that she's in the care of the other person that made her. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Literally. That's why I said, I'm like, if I'm, if I was to have a third child, we are co-parenting under the same roof. I'm like, I've learned so much in co-parenting, you know, mm-hmm. that it has to be half, like it has to be 50, 50 mm-hmm. has to be. I can't do it any other way. <laughs> I, I'm like Dan there, like, listen, we're going to sign a contract. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you want a baby? Like, we're gonna. Is there a some- marriage? Yeah, it is. But I'm talking about like a parenting. Yeah, contract. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about like, like if I, if, if I will contribute 26 hours this week, right? You will. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to be yeah. very clear. Right. Like, listen, I've done this, so this is my expectation. And Absolutely. This is what I. This is what I can give, mm-hmm. and this is where I'm going to sign, and you'll sign right beneath me with a date. And if we don't. I'm going to bring this up in court. This is not a bad idea. Because <laughs> I to told be you I can only do so much. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you have this, the freedom of like, okay, you're with the other parent. I'm like, wait, we're doing it wrong. Everybody's doing it wrong. But For, girl, my boyfriend wants a baby. I was like, you do realize if we have a baby, we can't drop this one off. <laughs> so like, you do realize that, right? right? It's between the two of us. I know you like parenting, but you're only doing it. It's only 50% right Child, now. Right. And it's like, this is the reality of of marriage. No, for real. (laughs) No, because I'm, Tommy knows this, but like, I'm happiest when I have my time and I know that the kids are with him. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I love, we have a nanny who I love, but like, if they're with him, I'm good. I don't have to think about anything. And so he's like, nah, let's go do, I'm like, no, no, no. I need my time and I need you to be at home. Yeah. Thanks. So I'm not stressed stressed that I'm running an hour late. Oh, that's your kid. I'll be two hours late actually. Also, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, the the rate don't keep going up. It'll cost me an extra $30 every hour. Unfortunately, I do. I feel like, and I realize this just living my child's father is just like, just even if you're living with each other and you have the understanding that we both went half on this baby, society and the other person a lot of times puts most of it on your plate because it's at the end of the day, it's like, well, you're the mom. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. literally, you know how many times I've heard this nigga say this? You're the mom. I'm like, I don't give and a you're fuck. The yeah. <laughs> maybe, I should, maybe we should switch the names so you can be more clear. Like, yeah. no. But yeah. I, I started yeah. to resent that, you know, yeah. and, and I realized like I'm showering the baby. I'm feeding the baby literally from my tit. Yes. I'm doing all these things and you're right here and that level of resentment that grows in you. Yeah. And, and, and I think that really adds to like postpartum and sure. all these things because as women and as moms, especially new moms, the walls start fucking closing in on you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wait, hold the fuck fuck up. This is not what I signed up for. Mm. And like all the happy, like the happy life and the belly and all that like cute shit goes right out the window when you're like waking up in the middle of the night and you're smelling and like mm-hmm. you haven't showered, you haven't eaten and like niggas are like, you want to have sex? Like, hell no. no. <laughs> Back up. <laughs> and how fuck? dare you have an attitude about me not wanting right. to. Right. Yeah. Back up. Especially after I just gave birth, I'm allergic Child. to dip. Okay. <laughs> I'm so scary. <laughs> like, no. I'm allergic. <laughs> and I'm just going to chime in. So anybody here who has not tuned in to the Good Moms, Bad Choices podcast. Go on and get that book because it's coming out. The thing that I love to Felicia's point too (laughs) is that 
you guys speak so freely and candidly because it's your truth. And I think that that's what's important. This is not contrived. This is not like, this is like how, I think a lot of moms, and I think the stigma in motherhood is like, can I say that out loud? Mm. I feel that. Even if it's down to like, yo, I fucking need a break from my kids today. Like, why are we not allowed to say that? Doesn't mean we don't love them. Doesn't mean we regret having them. You know, it's all these conversations. And I think the beautiful thing that I want to acknowledge and shout out is that you guys have cultivated a community online and in the real world that show up and this is not just, um, hey, we're fun moms who like to party. You guys are very rooted in spiritual practice. You guys are very rooted in your divine feminine. You're very rooted in ancestry intention and too. community and intention <laughs> because everything that you've created has come from that. Mm -hmm. Like even Erica, what you just said, I don't know why this idea came to my head. I just like, boom. Yeah. And it is divine. And the yeah. fact you're like, I don't seek out people. And, and she just happened to be friendly. And she was like, well, you better keep it real or I'm not coming on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Like so many factors had to come together mm -hmm. from a divine intervention standpoint, I think, to make what you guys do. And something that I think is really important worth mentioning is you guys have created a retreat. Mm -hmm. And how many years have you guys been doing it? One. What? Is it just one? Yeah. Shit. But you guys have done like four installations or something six. like that? Six. Yeah. Which is working. We've okay. done six retreats. We brought over a hundred, oh, God, I think like over 120 women out of the country at this point. Wait, are you saying six in a year? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Like every other month? Is that what's happening? No, now? we do them back to back. So okay. we'll, if we go out once, we'll do two, two retreats back to back. We started them in Costa Rica and it's been, again, that also was very divine as well. We didn't actually go to Costa Rica to start a retreat at all. We actually went to go write the book because we could not focus here. With the kids, with the podcast, with everything. I was like, we need to go away. It was it was actually us go like the book was our excuse mm -hmm. to leave for an extended time mm -hmm. because at that time we thought we needed an, an excuse to be able to get away from our kids for that long. So we were like, we're going to work. Mm -hmm. And and really we just went to go like chill. I mean we thought we were going to work, but I think and in, in that experience we discovered that Oh shit. I think like w one week went by and I was like, I finally feel relaxed. <laughs> I was like, now I feel relaxed. Yeah, it took yeah. like five to seven days. Yes. Yeah. And then the vacation started and then I, and it dawned on me. It dawned on both of us. It was like, damn, like I told Erica, I was like, I think every mom after they give birth after one year, they should go away for at least two weeks. Yes, I was yeah. like, I was like, it should be mandatory that after you give birth, as soon as you can, you can, you should go away by yourself for an extended time. I was like, that's the only way. And because we had started to discuss that, we started to really like, damn, moms really needed this. Damn, I really needed this. Mm -hmm. And um, I think like just like speaking that shit out loud started to kind of like plant these seeds that we could bring other women to do the same thing. I want to ask you something because I'm sure there's people out there that are probably thinking this is how much does mom guilt come into your lifestyles and and thing because people out here talk about mom guilt like it's a thing it's a real thing and is there a point where you're just where you're like, oh, this is selfish or this is too much or I've been away too long. Or Mom never ends. I think I, right. I don't believe any there's a cure. <laughs> I think that it comes up. I think there's times where you are like, you know, you don't feel guilty. And then there's times where it's like you do. And then there's also times where I've had to acknowledge like, hey, sit your ass down. Mm. You don't need to go. Yeah. You know, big, yeah. or like you've been doing too much, mm -hmm. you know, and and that's also and and listening to my child tell me that, yeah. too, is, is that. also who that's sobering, you yeah. know, when your child is like, hey, I need you, mm -hmm. you know, and so I've had to. And then also kids are also very manipulative, too. So then there's also when they know that that affected you yeah. and then you listen, yeah. then they'll use that against you every single time. So it's the balance <laughs> of like figuring out like 
Girl, I just we just did like four four, four days <laughs> of activities. Yeah. Children are manipulative. I'm leaving. You know, like yeah. go with your other parent. But <laughs> I think that the, the mom guilt thing. I I literally deal with it every day, mm-hmm. especially as a businesswoman, mm-hmm. especially from like just other people, other women, other moms, you know, grandparents. I don't think it ever is something that kind of ever leaves. And then eventually it becomes your kid again, like as your kids start to guilt you. And then as they get older, still guilting you. I'm sure I was having a conversation with my mom the other day and she was like, you just had such a terrible childhood, didn't you? And I was like, I never said that. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yes, you did. And I was like, when? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, some, at some point yeah. I've guilted you mm-hmm. for you to feel this way. Mm-hmm. So I have bestowed mom guilt onto you mm-hmm. where you feel like I have guilted you. And now you carry this, this feeling that like I didn't have a good childhood, which is the farthest thing from the truth. There were things, of course, but I think even as parents, we take our parenting so personal. Mm-hmm. So like For if sure. your pa- if your kid is was hurt at any point during their childhood, you feel like you've done a bad job, yeah. and it kind of blankets over the all the all the other amazing things that you've done as a mom. And that's what I had to tell my mom. I was like, listen, like my dad wasn't around. That really affected me deeply. It hurt me. That was not your fault. You chose him, but that was not your fault ultimately. And that wasn't. I didn't have a bad childhood because of that, you know, but the things that have come up in my adulthood, the way I choose men, the way I show up in all in a lot of ways was affected by by him. But I think that like it's something that I don't know. I know that there's like courses and all types of things on like combating mom guilt. I don't subscribe to the fact that you can actually fully resolve. I don't I don't think I want to be numb to that. I think I think mom guilt. Obviously, applies mostly for mothers. <laughs> I've heard are, a lot of men mention it recently. I don't think I don't. I actually I don't have. think it's on the same. I've, they they mention it. I don't, it. I don't, I think, don't it's, think it's on this. Maybe on the same level because I think mothers and fathers play different roles. But I can honestly say that Jared, like my husband, he absolutely suffers from guilt in just in general in life, like professional guilt, husband guilt, parenting guilt, because he feels like he can't be everywhere, everywhere at once. Yeah. And he's human. human. He's human, right? Yeah. But the thing about mom guilt is that it is, it's like this, like you said, courses, there's courses and shit on it. <laughs> but, but guilt, I think guilt comes from a lot of times people uh, like projecting shame on you. And I think, for, you know, obviously for the most part, like people really look at moms as the primary caregiver, whether you're married or not. And so if you're away, you know, like men have this role that like you're, you're a provider and you're a protector. So you're doing the right thing. You're supposed to be away. You're supposed right. to be away going to get, you know, protecting the family, providing for the family. Um, but I think one of the things that's really helped me with mom guilt is that, you know, like you mentioned, like Eric and I are, this is a divine this is a divine friendship. Like, we, like when we yeah. came together, like a, an entity was created, and you know, through that entity, all these, all of our manifestations have come, you know, to fruition rather quickly. And I feel like when you are living in your purpose, it makes it easier to combat mom guilt mm-hmm. because you. Re- I sure. realize it's bigger than me. Yeah. And I hope and I know that you know Luna will will recognize that and understand that when she looks back and it's like oh, my mom was doing something that was you know ultimately for us, but also for other women experiencing the same type of things that we're experiencing. And so that kind of helps me, you know, like just like push forward. And also there's this this crazy belief that women, moms especially, should not prioritize their happiness mm. and that you, it has to be self-sacrificing. And if you're not sacrificing yourself, you're not doing a good job. And that's just not true. And, you know, a lot of times the misconception is that if you're miserable, your kid is happy. But if you're miserable, your kid is also going to feel that. Mm. But also there's a ton of invisible sacrifice. 
Like mm-hmm. I was actually thinking just that this weekend, I don't remember what I was doing. It may have, I had an event on Sunday, but it may have been anything that I was doing this weekend. I remember thinking like that I would rather be with my children, but I have to do whatever, you know, whatever it was, which was also something that was important to me. And it was like, man, I carry all of that in me. Right. And I, and then I have to show up and kind of pretend that it's not there. Mm-hmm. And that's the sacrifice that people don't see, but that literally is in my body. And I have to find ways to like release it, to be a happy, healthy person. But there's so much, I think, sacrifice that people don't see, even when you're living in your purpose. Because we make it look easy. Word. I would like to point out that we always hear the term like working moms. Never hear the term working dad. (laughs) Just want to put that out there. (laughs) Not at all. Okay, wait. So when does the book come out? May 2nd. May 2nd. Awesome. Um, I have a question about you guys and how vulnerable and transparent you've been on the podcast. So when writing the book, was there anything that you hadn't yet shared that you were like, I think I'm gonna go ahead and put that in there? There's a lot. Yeah. I mean, we've shared a lot on the podcast, but um, there's a lot in this book that has not been shared. I think because we wrote it like we were journaling. <laughs> we, yeah. I think we wrote it like, I mean, like I said in the beginning of our podcast, we were talking very freely because we didn't really think anyone was listening. And I think we kind of used, uh, we used the same thing in the book. We're just like, blah, 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 blah. And then now we're like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Everybody knows my business. And there, <laughs> and there is a – it feels different. You know, yeah. like in audio, I'm like, good luck trying to find that episode, bitch. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. <laughs> good luck. But here I'm like, damn. They're like, it's written. Pa- page 195. I'm like, <laughs> it looks as though you said this. I know. We've had a couple There's going to be think pieces about it. And they're pulling they're pulling quotes. And they're like, okay, and Jamila, you said. And I was like, like bracing myself. Like, what the fuck did I say? But it, it's, definitely, it's definitely deep. It's definitely in depth. It's definitely deeper than we've gone and been more honest on the podcast. Because, it, yeah, it's I personal. Think, I think for me, sometimes I... I don't know if anyone else feels this way in podcasting. But sometimes I feel like I... I can't always articulate exactly how I want to say something like mm-hmm. some people that is their gift. And, and in ways it's mine. I am a podcaster. Yes. yes she's amazing here. at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Melanie Fiona. Felony. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but so I think the book really gave me an opportunity to really say exactly what I meant and what I feel and really not even, and not protect certain people because I have, there has been a level of protection that I've given certain people in my life on the podcast, including my child's father. Um, and in this book, I don't hold back and I, t- and I share the stories and you know, he, he's probably gonna, not going to like it, or maybe he'll just say, you know what? I'm going to shut, shut the fuck up this time mm-hmm. <laughs> and just like, let you have your truth because it really is it is the truth and it's my truth. It may not be his, but there was so much release when I finally got to write these things down. And, you know, when we did go to Costa Rica to write the book, the one thing we did actually do was I I brought all my journals. I've been journaling since I was like five years old and I have them all. And so I just went back and read. I was like, who, who am I? Who was I as a child till now? What are the circumstances? What are the experiences? How did I actually feel? And not just like, what my thoughts are now like manipulating these experiences to be. And being able to do that and then really reflect and write the things on paper was cathartic. It was like a release for me. It was very emotional. And it really took us a long time to write the book because it was really, 
it was challenging. Mm -hmm. It was, it was triggering, mm -hmm. you know, and, but I knew that it was important. I just like, I know that the work in the podcast is important. I knew that this book would be important because I know that some of these experiences women are going to read and be like, I can't relate. Right. But through me oversharing and I realized that this is our gift in podcasting is like the oversharing is where people become unashamed, even if their situations are not as provocative as ours or uh, or maybe they're worse than ours you know but I think that being able to write it down on paper actually for me was almost more cathartic than talking about it mm -hmm. yeah or maybe it was like the final like put a like we're closing this chapter I said what I said yeah. like if this is. chapter is done mm -hmm. and I have noticed how some of my relationships that I talk about in this book have tr have transformed after finally completing the book for me, like I'm really done with this now. Yeah. I don't care. That's good. Really, it's like a healing moment. Yeah. Yeah. Like therapeutic. So it's, you know, the book is very entertaining and it's, it's, it's funny. You're going to cry. You're going to laugh. You're going to think we're crazy probably a little bit more than in the podcast. Like, like different kind of, I think so. I mean, but ultimately <laughs> straight face. By ultimately. The way she said. Yeah. So. <laughs> Ultimately, the book is really a testimony that you make the motherfucking rules. Yeah. Right. You make the rules. Nobody else makes the rules for how you mother, how you parent yourself, how you show up in your relationships. You make the rules because this life is short as hell. Mm -hmm. And you have we have limited amounts of time. Like we cannot be on this earth faking and wearing masks and, you know, yeah. propping ourselves up to appease family members, lovers, children. I don't care who it is. You know, so I really hope that that's what this book does is it really liberates people to show up as themselves. Love this. Yeah, I love this. Yeah, right? I love this so much. Honestly, I feel like I'm listening to a podcast. I know. <laughs> it's, 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 so, it's really wild to just really sit here and hear you guys speak about what you've built and how it has evolved from just this idea of, oh, we're just going to do something to something so, in, it's just, it's so much intention. And it's still, and the way that you're speaking, and I mean, you're a podcaster, but the way you are articulating yourself is just incredible. And being friends who know these stories, I'm excited for even our listeners or anyone out there who has not had the opportunity to get to know you two in a different way. The, if this is the way you found them, like this is really important. These conversations in motherhood, this dynamic, finding your tribe. And I think that that's what is why we're, why we're all here and how we actually all connected was because we all came through different paths of motherhood. And here we are sitting at a table, literally talking about, oh my gosh, yes, I, I feel the same way. Oh my gosh, what do you think about that? And I think that that's where the healing comes from. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the most important thing too, to really acknowledge for you guys. You guys have also been so vulnerable about, yo, this is a healing process for us. All the shit that we do, we go through, we talk about, we're share, we're vulnerable. Oh shit, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Maybe I shouldn't have, who knows, who cares, whatever it is. It's this journey for yourself. And I think that that's what more people need in this world mm -hmm. is to just, yeah, you can live your life, do what you got to do. But like, let's just make sure we're always learning, growing, healing, exploring, you know, just being true to ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's a really, really important thing. Um, mm -hmm. And this work that you guys are doing, it's not just like entertainment value. It's real work. Yeah. It's real work. And I've seen you guys personally blossom from the work as well. And I get you guys up all the time. I'm like, you guys, you guys are killing it. I love you guys. I'm so proud of you guys. Cause I've, I see it like from when too. fee, I came to the house and we sat in the back and we were just chilling. Oh, the dinner, huh? No, and there, oh, I, when I did the podcast and then we did the dinner Oh yes. and yeah. And then we, so and then crazy. I came on with Jared and like, just even 
just all these conversations of how you guys have evolved. It's, it's beautiful. And I, I hope that women, whatever their ideas are, whatever you have, whatever that divine intention is, is within inside of you. Like here are a group of women right here living in that purpose. And, uh, I just hope that someone feels inspired. Thank you. you. I hope so too. Vulnerability brings healing. That's like the thing I say all the time. Like when we're vulnerable, we give other people permission to also be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what you guys do. I'm excited for you guys. It's going to be lit. Well, I just want to say thank you to you ladies too. You know, you guys came out like... Fee, we met through makeup, I think. Beauty blender? Yeah. And you didn't know me from a can of paint. I just, you just, I just. How did we connect? I was trying to remember. I think it was like she commented on, we did an episode with Shan. Was it Shan? It was Shan, yeah. And I said, oh my God, Melanie Fiona commented on this. (laughs) This is is our end. This is our end. I I said, oh my God, she's a mom. We need to message her. I wonder if she come on the show. She will. She come to my home. I was like, yeah, she come to my home. Because we were recording at my house. And and, which is also like, I was like, Mila, I don't know how much longer we're going to have like strangers coming to my house to record the podcast. I was like, it's fine. They're safe. <laughs> I was like, no one's gonna kill you. It's fine. I was like, you get to go home, and I'm left here. I'm like, everybody we source seems really normal. <laughs> no, but for, but honestly, like it's 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 women like you guys, you know, like even Fee. I didn't know you at all. I I was a fan. I was pre- you like I think we had we were pregnant around the same time, and I watched you, and I think like I don't know how you know it was L A, and I was like, oh, she's so cool. She is a cool ass mom. <laughs> oh, I was telling them I'm. Like my, I, before Mindful Fee, it was cool ass mom. Yeah, it, it, yeah. I was like I'm not like you other bitches. I'm cool, I'm cool. <laughs> but I, I was like super attracted to that, and I and I and I love that, you know. And and like I never thought I was gonna be like a mom influencer, and I don't really like feel like I'm a mom influencer now. But I was inspired by you, and and you know, and by you, and by you, and we don't know each other that well, but I've seen Black Love Docs. I'm like, this is beautiful. <laughs> I but, love Black but, Love. But I think it, Black love. I think it really is for those women that are listening because I know that it can feel really overwhelming and challenging to make mom friends, Mm -hmm. right? That's something that we get hit up up about all the time. Where is my Erica to my Jamilo? I don't have a tribe Mm -hmm. in my city. I moved to a new city. How do I do that? And it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, I don't know where the, I did not I did not have this superpower before I met Jamila, but somewhere along the line in our friendship, I became very bold about reaching out to people and saying, hey, want to talk? Hey, mm-hmm. want to come on? Want to come to my house? And I think that really is what it takes, really, to yeah. create the tribe. It doesn't just show up. Mm-hmm. But you did it in the bathroom before that. I did it. Even if you aren't a, like, weren't the bold person that you are now, you no, still I mean, did it. I, I've been bold, but not <laughs> when it came to, like, I'm sad and I'm lonely. I need yeah. a friend. Yeah. A new friend. Yeah. You know, that understands, you know? Again, Source told me, go to that bar and go make a yeah, friend. Yeah. And ever since then, I've been making friends. Yeah. I've been ch- choosing to not let my fear, my ego, mm-hmm. any of those things get in the way of what I want. And if I, I want you to be my friend, you're going to be my friend, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think as women, <laughs> we, until you're not, until I find out you're a weird bitch, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I think as women, we judge each other so much. Mm-hmm. We like, we, we look at another woman and we're like, mm, yeah, no, she's not my type of, she's not my type of girl. Or, and then you're at home alone, lonely with no friends complaining <laughs> or like, oh, I can't trust women. Yeah. You know, like we hear that one a lot too. Like I don't trust women. And it's like, girl, Susie who stole your boyfriend in college is right. not everybody, you right. know? And it's like, we have to like dispel these things because when women, when we come together, we are so incredibly powerful and tribe has been the only way that I have been able to be a good mom, mm-hmm. you know, and, and really, mm-hmm. and a good mom to myself. Yeah. I really, I need that support system. So for the women that are listening, like be bold, don't be scared, get the, get out of your way, you know? And, you know, me and Mila, we've created a community too, 
like outside of just the podcast and our discord community where people are meeting up in different cities and like connecting our retreats, like these retreats that we have, these women are friends, like true friends after the retreat. It's not like they went on this trip. Mm -hmm. They had this experience like, bye girl. Mm -hmm. No, like it's really important that wherever we get to sprinkle our magic, that like it stays and it sticks. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really crucial for women to kind of break this idea that they don't need other women. It's so important. Hmm. Erica's my wife. <laughs> She's like my co-parent, you know, like yeah. we, our kids are in camp together. They're flying to us together. They're in soccer together. I'm like, did you sign up in all the things together? And I think sometimes like just off of what you said is that I think women, we have been held to such a high standard of how we need to show up and how we need to perform and how we need to dress and how we need to talk and you can't smoke in public. There's all these things that we're held to this high standard. We're constantly making sure we're um, showing up a certain way. We're presenting a certain way to be accepted. And and inevitably, when you have to constantly like chase this, this mark, you're going to project that shit on other people. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you stop judging yourself and you give yourself room to just be like, <sighs> girl, then you might stop judging Susie from down the street because you're like, bitch, me too. Like, I don't yeah. give a fuck what you got on. Let's just go to the mall. Yeah. <laughs> or you know, like, I don't give a fuck what you do. Like, don't kill nobody. Don't right. Are you not murdering? Like, Girl, I, I don't, don't care. I don't care. I'm tired. Right. I don't care. Do <laughs> like, that's the thing. It's like, I think we have to look at ourselves and, and kind of realize that like a lot of the projection we put on other women is because we've been judged by a standard yeah. that mm-hmm. we haven't really accepted and we yeah. haven't been given a choice mm-hmm. and we've just accepted it because our moms told us, you know, right. mm-hmm. it starts early. Like, you're not wearing earrings? Why are you not wearing earrings? Like, my mom used to tell me that. I'm like, who gives a fuck? No, that's actually a real thing. The earrings, Damn, right? You, I just, that is hard. You're like, wait, why? What? My what? mom used to make such a big deal if I forgot earrings. And I'm like, why is this a big deal? And to this day, I'm like, I can't leave without fucking earrings <laughs> yeah. or else I'm going to look like a boy. I'm like a boy. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, I didn't even ask if my ears pierced. <laughs> no, no girls no. do. <laughs> but it's like, if you, a lot of the book is about like, we inherit these, these belief systems yeah. that we didn't even choose. And it's like, until you stop and pause and reflect, then you won't even recognize what your own choices are. Are, or what someone has given to you and put on you. And it's yeah. like, we you have to give yourself a moment to dissect all of that. And then in that dissection, like you'll realize that the judgment that you're p- projecting on other people and other women and other moms is just the judgment that you've been given. And yeah. that as soon as you release that shit, it gives you space and room to love yourself, accept yourself, flaws and all, and accept all the other bitches that could possibly be your friends, but you're too busy, but like judging. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love, I clap when good moms make bad choices. I'm always <laughs> yes, like, yes, yes. It's great. Cause I'm like, I feel like we need that relief. And that's like our little post or what is it? Pre or post? Post. Child. After? Pre, pre, <laughs> we're tapping into our pre, both, all of it. We're tapping into like our pre woman, like who we were before. Our pre motherhood selves. Yes, that's yes. what it is. But then also post. Yeah. Well, but, but then like, why, why do I have to be a totally different bitch after I have a baby? Like, I'm still an adult. Like, I actually had sex to have this baby. Oh, I'm way cooler now. Yeah, like I'm, I'm smarter. Cooler. I'm way cooler. <laughs> you know, I'm smarter. But yeah, mm-hmm. there's this like weird identity crisis that happens after you give birth because you think you're going to be like Betty Crocker or some shit. And it's like, no, bitch, I'm still a little bit of a wild bitch. Yeah. I just have hours in which I can be wild. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'll be wild from then nine to midnight. To <laughs> I got to wake up at seven. For school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we appreciate you all coming down and chatting with us. We're so excited about the book and congratulations. Thank, Thank you for having us. It's here. about time. Uh, we've been right? wanting to get over Is here. It's about yeah. damn. Oh, Oh, can't sing. You can Less sing a couple, couple words. 
It's about damn time. Hey, it's about damn time. <laughs> you, you can, I, think I don't you know can, if you say it three times. I think you can <laughs> sing. I don't think you can play it. You can sing. We'd be singing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think me and I don't Melanie know what the sing rules are. every single episode. <laughs> we sure do. It's like if you talk over music, that's kind of also like that's fine. Don't it's a cheat code. Honestly, don't don't listen to us because we don't really know. I, that's <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know what we said. Either. No, no, like, the good moms made a bad choice and said, right. <laughs> and the mama's den is now getting sued. <laughs> oh lord. No rebuke. You're rebuke. We're rebuke, not cancel. responsible for any songs we sing on this podcast. disclaimer <laughs> on, on any podcast. I also want to just say before we I don't know if we're wrapping up, but before we get out of here, um, for the for the Ladies that are interested in buying the book, we are doing an, a really amazing giveaway for the book right now until Mother's Day. We're giving away one all-expense-paid trip to our retreat in Mexico in July. So when you purchase the book, you automatically are entered into the retreat. If you go to our Instagram and enter your receipt, we're picking one lucky woman to come to Mexico in July. We're going to Sayulita, Mexico, July 5th and July 12th are the two dates. Um, but if you don't want to leave it to luck, also when you buy the book automatically, you also just get a bunch of free shit. <laughs> we have a bunch of different meditations that we've um, created for you guys, um, digital assets. They're more like pump up. And you get, automatic, you, you get automatic access, forever access into our Discord community. So if you're oh, looking nice. for your Erica to your Jamila, um, buying the book, we just we knew that when we wanted when we sold the book, we wanted to gift people like the, we, it's the gift that keeps on giving because our community has given so much to us in in the last five years that it only felt right. Cool, yeah. So we'll give you all that information. Yay! Thank you. Oh, yes, perfect. That would be perfect. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. All right, ladies. <laughs> Thank you so much for stopping by. Before you go, can you let everyone know where to find you? Give me all the socials. Um, you can find me at Mila, M-I-L-A-H underscore map. And uh, two, can, two P's. Two P's. <laughs> map with two P's. <laughs> so you can find me. Um, and our Instagram is goodmoms underscore bad choices. Our, we are good moms bad choices in all podcast platforms. Um, you can follow our retreat at the Good Vibe Retreat. We also just opened a podcast studio. So if you're in the LA area and you're thinking about starting your own podcast and you don't know what the fuck to do, come to Good Good Media. Um, you can find me at watch Erica and uh, make sure you check out our Patreon we have a lot of bonus content there you get access to our discord over there too and that's patreon.com backslash good moms bad choices and that's it so mama's den village make sure you go support these ladies and pick up your copy of a good mom's guide to making bad choices on may 2nd yes as always you can connect with us on instagram at the mama's den podcast or send us that email at podcasts with an s with an s S. (laughs) every week podcasts at blacklove.com bye bye